Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our look at the debate over the admissibility of financial crimes evidence in the case, with our coverage of the in-camera testimony of an executive from a bank where multiple irregularities were discovered related to Alex Murdoch's financial dealings. In this installment, we conclude our review of that testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. One family member, Norris Lafitte, raised questions about the bank's relationship with the defendant in an email to the executive committee and board of directors. Another family member, Russell Lafitte, Norris Lafitte's cousin, was later convicted of conspiring with Alex Murdoch to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. As we begin today, prosecutor Creighton Waters continues his questioning of Mr. Malinowski regarding Alex Murdoch's financial dealings with the bank. He hands the witness a document that relates to a third member of the family that owns the bank. And I'm going to show you what's been marked with states 364 and see if you uh, recognize that document. It's an email, but there's an attachment. Email from uh, Chastity Malfras to Charles Lafitte III, who's the bank's appraisal officer. Referencing uh, 3606 Big Bay Drive, Edisto. Chastity Malfris is a banking officer at Palmetto State Bank. Charles Lafitte III is the brother of Russell Lafitte. Charles Lafitte's actions, like those of his cousin Norris, would become crucial to revealing the irregularities in the actions of the defendant and Russell Lafitte. And it's a, an appraisal request form dated uh, April 22. 2021, uh, the intended use of the appraisal is for a refinance, okay. and the balance is $200,000. All right, and it's, so it's for a refinance. Explain what the refinance was for, if you could, to the court. Uh, at the time, the mortgage had matured, or the mortgage loan had matured, and we needed to renew it. All right, it had already matured, is that correct? Yes, sir. So this was an existing debt, uh, not any sort of new debt, and so the appraisal was because you have to renew this note that had already matured, correct? Yes, sir. Or it has to be paid off, one of the two. Correct. I'm going to show you what's been marked as uh, States 365 and see if you recognize that document. This is a copy of the memo that summarizes the relationship of Alec Murdoch with the bank. It was prepared and presented at the executive committee uh, meeting 
And again, I'm going to put that up on the screen, but uh, this lists some of uh, the indebtedness that Alec had to the bank that you previously described earlier. Yes, sir. And including uh, the Zero United with outstanding $307,761. Yes, sir. And then it outstanding and charged off not only Zero United, but also $362,896 for Redbeard. Yes, sir. Prosecutor Waters hands the witness another document. I'm going to show you what's been marked as uh, States 366 and see if you recognize that document. It's a document produced from our loan accounting system, and it uh, lists all the notes, outstanding notes, uh, in the name of Alec Murdoch, and also co-borrower uh, with his uh, father, Randolph Murdoch III. All right, and that it, it lists the balances on those particular loans as of June 7, 2021? That's correct. It does not include, though, the charged-off loans, Zero United and Redbeard, is that correct? That's correct. So on the first one, is that the balance right there, $104,119.80? That's the principal owed, yes, sir. That's the principal owed. These are not deposits, correct? That's correct. Owed by who? I think for the 104000 was uh, Williams Islands. But, I mean, what, what borrower owed those? Uh, that would have been Mr. Murdoch, uh, Alec Murdoch, yes. All right. And then this next one, what's the balance on that? How much is owed for this loan? Uh, $806,666.26. The next one, how much is owed for this loan? $195,171.64. How much is owed for this loan? $999,650.94. And this is actually a million-dollar line of credit. Is that correct? Yes, sir. It's pretty much maxed out, isn't it? Yes, sir. And then finally, this one right here. What's the balance on that? $91,368.90. Waters takes a minute to sort through some more financial documents before approaching the witness and handing them to him, asking about each one. Last set of documents here. Right, I'll show you uh, States 367 see if you uh, recognize that document. It's a copy of a bank statement, uh, Alec Murdoch Farm Account. And what is the balance of that on June 7th, 2021? June 7, 2021 shows a deficit balance of $2,458.23. Negative balance? Yes, sir. Show you what's been marked as 368. And do you recognize that? Again, it's a uh, checking account statement. Account uh, Richard Alexander Murdoch for account 6092. All right. Can you tell me what the balance was on June 7th, 2021? $2,185.23. I'll show you what's been marked is States 369 and uh, see if you recognize that. This is a, uh, again, statement for a health savings account, 3094, uh, in the name of Richard Alexander Murdoch. All right, and what's the uh, balance on that? Uh, $7,540.61. And that's a health savings account? Yes, sir. Can that be used for any purpose or only for legitimate medical purposes? I think the latter, the medical purposes. I'll show you what's been marked as States 370 and see if you recognize that. Again, a bank statement, copy of a bank statement in the name of Alec Murdoch, uh, account number 6649, balance on 67, been $62,115.06. All right, and then finally 371, if you could tell me if you recognize that. This is a uh, account statement, uh, interest checking account in the name of Margaret Maggie Murdoch and Alex Murdoch, number 5109, and the balance on 67, $3,900.04.
After going through all the defendant's assets and liabilities at Palmetto State Bank, Creighton Waters concludes his direct examination of Mr. Malinowski with a general question about the bank's relationship with Alex Murdoch. So I have a couple more questions for you, for the purposes of this hearing at least. It's fair to say that of June 2021 and the months after, the indebtedness to Palmetto State Bank from Alec Murdoch was very, very large. Yes, sir. And it's fair to say it also had charged off loans in the past. Is that correct? Yes, sir. If it had come out at any particular time from, let's say, 2010 on up to June of 2021, or at any time, that Alec Murdoch had been stealing money from his partners or stealing money from his clients, would this bank have continued to loan him money? No, sir. Nothing further at this time, Your Honor. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Judge Clifton Newman invites Alex Murdoch's attorney, Jim Griffin, to begin his cross-examination of Jan Malinowski. Be clear, Mr. Malinowski, on June 7th, 2021, Mr. Murdoch was not overdrawn at Palmetto State Bank, correct? No, well, June 7th? Yes, sir. Do you have his bank statement? Jim Griffin reaches for a stack of documents, referencing them as he continues his questioning. Well, we just went through them. Right. Well, there was, there was one statement, the farm account was minus $2,045. There was another account that was plus $2,000. according to Exhibit 368. His health savings account, Exhibit 369, had $7,540. Exhibit 370 had a positive balance of $62,000 and some change. And then Maggie's account, Exhibit 371, had $3,904. Yes. So there's one account that was overdrawn for $2,000, but positive balances and all the other. Yes, sir. And Alec Murdoch had been a customer of Palmetto State Bank for many, many years. Is that correct? That's correct. And had he ever, ever been denied a request from Palmetto State Bank for a line of credit or a loan up until uh, September of 2021? To my knowledge, no. And in July of 2021, apparently he got a $750,000 loan that was approved according to the um, Documents here by three members of the board of directors. Do you remember that? Can you see the highlighted language there? I can see the highlighted language. Yes, sir. And this is minutes of the board of directors meeting, um, August 17th, 2021. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And here says Charles Chairman Lafitte reviewed the loans to Richard Alexander Murdoch. Russell Lafitte stated that his intention is to sell the farm. We have mortgages on the properties that supersede the property being transferred into Maggie's name. Now, what does that mean? Tell me about that. Yeah, mortgages on the property that superseded the property being transferred to Maggie's name. Do you remember that? I guess it would reference the mortgages, the date of the mortgage and the date they were recorded on previous loans. At some point in time, Alec transferred the Moselle property into Maggie's name. It's my understanding, yes. And before that date, your bank already had a mortgage on the property. 
Yes, sir. Are we talking about Moselle property here? If you're referring to the to the farm, I'm assuming he's, he's referring to Moselle. Yes, sir. And, um, at the last sentence of this paragraph, it says Elizabeth Malinowski commented the $750,000 loan did not appear to have been approved by the executive committee. Russell Lafitte explained that three of the five members approved, approved the loan. You recall that? I recall it. Yes, sir. And who are the three of the five members of the executive committee that approved the loan? It would have been uh, Charlie Lafitte, Gray Henderson, and Russell Lafitte. Charles Lafitte Jr., or Charlie, is the father of Russell Lafitte and Charles Lafitte III, both of whom we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Gray Henderson is Russell Lafitte's sister and Charlie's daughter. And you recall Charlie Lafitte telling you at some point in time, maybe around in here or even before, that Alec Murdoch wanted to receive a loan from the bank, that he would get it? That was Mr. Lafitte's opinion, yes. And who was Mr. Lafitte in relation to the bank? In June of 2007. 2007? Excuse me, June 7th, 2000, 2021. He was chairman of the bank. Okay. And was Russell Lafitte related to Mr. Lafitte? His son. Okay. And who are the members of the executive committee? The executive committee was Charlie Lafitte, Gray Henderson, Russell Lafitte, Scott Swain, and myself. And so Mr. Lafitte, Mr. Charlie Lafitte's opinion was if Alec Murdoch wanted a loan from the, the bank, he would get it. That, that was that was his opinion. And on the $750,000 loan he was provided, um, apparently without a lot of paperwork done on the front end, but it was approved by Mr. Lafitte, his son, Russell Lafitte, is that correct? Yes, sir. And his daughter, uh, Gray Henderson, is that right? Yes, sir. Do you know how much was secured and unsecured in when you reviewed the um, indebtedness? Do you have a document I can refer to? I'm going to put on the screen here the same document we looked at, and I have the highlighted language. It says here, well, let's just refer to the, it says uh, Norris Lafitte had found a mathematical error which will be corrected to $3,544,897 um, total loans, and, and those are total loans to, to Mr. Murdoch, is that correct? According to a, another memo that came. And when I'm, so... As to this amount, how much uh, was it all secured? Without seeing the memo, I, I, I couldn't tell. If you've got the memo, I'll certainly go down the loans. Jim Griffin then displays on the court monitors a list of collateral related to Alex Murdoch's loans with Palmetto State Bank. Can you read that? Yes, sir. And so we, we, we went through that. Um, is that the collateral for those loans? As stated in the memo, yes. Now... You mentioned that some loans have been written off. You're aware that Mr. Murdoch was still paying on the loans that had been written off? Yes, sir, I was. And you mentioned that had Mr. Murdoch always paid the bank interest, monies he owed? Did he ever go into default? And let's put it like, did he ever go into default on any notes issued to him by Palmetto State Bank? Redbeard and Zero United. And those were the ones that were written off? Yes, sir. But he continued to pay those, correct? He periodically made payments. Yes, sir. Are you um, aware that on the day Maggie Murdoch was Maggie Murdoch was murdered sometime the night of June the seventh? Are you aware that she was scheduled to meet your appraiser at Edisto on June the eighth? No, sir. The uh, the Moselle pro property was titled in Maggie Murdoch's name in June of two thousand twenty-one. Correct. 
I believe that's the correct. The bank had filed mortgages on the property that predated whenever he, that was transferred to Ms. Murdoch, right? Yes, sir. The Edisto Beach House was titled in jointly in Alec Murdoch and Maggie Murdoch's names, correct? At one point. Before her death. I believe it was in her name solely at the time of her death. You do? Are you sure about that? I believe so. And what information are you relying upon to say that? Uh, looking at the Colleton County uh, deed records. Bank undergo routine FDIC audits? Palmetto State Bank? Yes, sir. And had Mr. Murdoch's relationship with the bank ever been flagged in any audit conducted by the FDIC or their contract auditors? To my knowledge, no. That's all the questions I have, Your Honor. Prosecutor Creighton Waters rises for a brief redirect of the witness. Mr. Malinowski, just a few more questions. This is that memo that was prepared for the uh, board meetings, correct? This was the one that was prepared for the executive, executive committee. committee. And uh, what does it say right there at the bottom, the purpose that's being reported that the $750,000 is for? To remodel uh, of the house in Edisto. Does it say anything about sending $350,000 to Chris Wilson to try to make up the funds that he had diverted from his law firm? No, sir. Does it say anything about $400,000 to cover a $347,000 overdraft? No, sir. After June 7th, was the first significant activity from the bank to Alec to provide that $350,000 off the books with no application whatsoever? Yes, sir. And after June the 7th, did his account run to negative $347,000? Yes, sir. And the bank kept paying? Yes, sir. Perhaps the most generous overdraft policy ever seen? Quite possibly. You were asked a little bit about Zero United and Redbeard, which are up on the screen. The bank did not foreclose on those properties, is that correct? That is correct. So Alec Murdoch still owned those properties, correct? He and partners, yes, sir. All right, but if he were to try to sell them, could he have sold them without having to account to the bank? He would have had to pay back the uh, monies he had borrowed from the bank. And we see that we up on that screen, if he had sold, tried to sell those properties, would he have just had to uh, pay the bank those amounts listed there, or could it potentially be much higher than that? Potentially much higher. And explain to the court very quickly why it could be much higher than that, that he would have to satisfy before he could sell those properties. There would be uh, accrued interest and any late charges and fees that accumulated since the, the date of the charge-off. Once y'all charged it off, it no longer was accruing interest and penalties and fees on the books at least, correct? Yes, sir. But if you were to, uh, if he was to try to sell that property and, and the buyer came to you or to, uh, to see how much they needed to pay y'all out of the proceeds before title could transfer, y'all would go back and look at all that interest that hadn't been paid over that time. Yes, we'd provide a payoff statement which would have included principal, crude interest or lost interest to that date and uh, any late fees and charges. And he would be unable to sell those properties and transfer title until some arrangement was reached with the bank? Yes, sir. You were just asked about whether or not Maggie was going to be meeting an appraisal at the Edisto property, but you've testified in no uncertain terms that that appraisal was to renew the mortgage that was already in existence that had matured, correct? Yes, sir. It had nothing to do with a new 750? Yes, sir. We just uh, talked about the negative $347,000 overdraft policy, correct? Yes, sir. In two months, his account hadn't went to negative $347,000. Yes, sir. If it had come out that Alec Murdoch had been diverting fees from his law firm, if Alec Murdoch had been forced to resign from his law firm, if it had come out that he had been 
misappropriating money from his clients, would the bank have continued to pay charges coming in on that account? No, sir. No. No, sir. No uncertain terms about that. No uncertain terms. So all this testimony about the relationship in the bank, if the truth had come out, it's a new ball game, correct? Yes, sir. And in the wake of all of this, Russell Lafitte was terminated and you became CEO, is that correct? Yes, sir. And now there's a new sheriff in town at Palmetto State Bank, correct? Yes, sir. Thank you. Jim Griffin briefly rises to ask the witness one last question. Mr. Malinowski, how much in interest did Alec Murdoch pay to Palmetto State Bank over the years? I don't know. It's excess of $4 million, isn't it? I don't, I don't have a figure. Thank you. You may step down. Thank you. And with the end of the in-camera testimony of Jan Malinowski, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we continue our review of the in-camera hearing with the testimonies of Carson Burney, a forensic accountant, and Michael Satterfield, the son of Gloria Satterfield, the defendant's former housekeeper who died from a fall at the Murdoch's Moselle property in 2018. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.